Hey, Rock Hills. How are y'all? Good. It is so good to be back. Um, I have to tell you this. So this past week, I was doing a funeral, and uh, my daughter I was, had a suit on, and I, I never wear a suit. And, uh, and she came in, and she said, Daddy, look at you. You look all grown up. That was a good one, baby. So y'all look grown up. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but it is good to be back, and uh, you know, it's an exciting time, March Madness, Easter's coming, and I just have to say that if my, uh, if my Michigan State Spartans beat Duke tonight, do we have any Duke fans in the house? Got a few, yeah. So we got a game tonight. If we win, then Pastor Adam and I, we got a confrontation next week, Tech and Michigan State will play in the Final Four, and we probably got a few Tech fans, right? Right? So we'll have to get a little bet if that happens. All right. And you know how on social media, when good stuff happens to you, um, we, we kind of throw around the hashtag blessed deal? Uh, I mean, we kind of overuse in our culture, right? Well, we're going to talk about how we can be a blessed people. If we look to Jesus and what it means to be a person of faith, the people of Jesus, what does it mean for us to live in that blessing? Because we trivialize it. We make it into things that it's not often when we are driving around at the mall or someplace where we're late to a meeting and we find a parking spot and we say, hashtag, I'm so blessed, right? We've done it, but there's more to it. And so we're going to look at the teaching of Jesus today, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get going. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be together. And this is, this is your time, God. I'm so grateful for the men and women and kids that are here, and we simply ask, God, that you'll speak to us, that you'll meet us in this place. And whether our faith needs to be encouraged or challenged, stretched, God, you will do what only you can do in us. And we promise uh, to give ourselves to you. And we pray this in Christ. Amen. All right. Well, I think all of us, when we think about blessing, you know, we would say, yeah, I, I want some blessing in my life. Anybody feel that way? Yeah, we, we want some blessing. But how do we do God or do blessing God's way? So Jesus, when he came teaching, it was amazing. When you look at the Gospels, people were drawn to Jesus. I mean, there was something about him. His teaching, it was profound. He taught with authority, wisdom. It says over and over again, people were astounded. They were blown away. They were astonished by what he had to say. In fact, he had kind of this this rhythm where if you look, especially in Matthew's gospel, you hear Jesus say, you've heard it said, but I say to you. Now that meant a couple of things. So Jesus, when he came onto the scene, he was about 30 years old. He didn't just drop onto the planet. He didn't come out of nowhere. He had a background and a context. And so Jesus, at about 30, that's when rabbis would begin to teach And he would say, you've heard this about the Old Testament, you've heard this about the scriptures, but I have a better interpretation. And so that's why they were amazed by his authority. People were drawn to him, not just religious people, but all people were drawn to Jesus. They knew there was something special about him, that there was blessing in his words, and they wanted 
more of it. All right, so as we think of context, I think it's important for us to go back into the Old Testament to the very beginning of the scriptures in the book of Genesis, because when we look at what Jesus had to teach, why he came to talk about what relationship with God looks like and what true blessing looks like, I think we've got to go back to the beginning. Because after God created, he was raising up a people through Abram. This is Genesis chapter 12. And it's a really important text because it helps us even kind of grasp a bigger perspective of what Jesus was about. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. And the Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now this is a huge vision. It was a massive calling for Abraham. And the first thing he did was, he's like, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go into this new land. I'm going to pursue this blessing. But he's like, God, I got a question for you. I don't have a son. So I don't see how this is possible. If the blessing's going to come through me, I don't have a son. And yet, God said, Trust me, go with me. Abraham did. And later on, he had a son. And the, the people multiplied. And the main thing, this main idea was that they were to be a blessing to all people. All the nations around them were to be blessed. But if you read throughout the Old Testament, that didn't really happen. You see, even though God's people were to be a blessing, they started to take blessing and kind of focus it inward. And so the people around them weren't getting blessed. And whenever we focus Uh, blessing on ourselves, or we focus on ourselves, um, we are missing what God wants for us, right? Because we're self-centered, we get concerned about our own stuff, and we miss what's going on around us. And throughout the Old Testament, that's a very short version. But the people turned to take care of themselves. In fact, in doing that, they turned from God. And so when Jesus came, he said, I'm going to show you your original design, your original purpose, and I'm the one who's coming to teach you the way that that's going to come to be. And so Jesus, in his kind of first message, he's in a synagogue, he reads from Isaiah, and this is the text that he reads. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, people were like drawn in when Jesus said this. He was quoting a familiar passage from Isaiah, but he's saying, hey, I'm telling you, God's favor, God's blessing is available now. And I'm the one who's gonna bring it. Now, they didn't know what he was talking about. They didn't know what he was getting at. They didn't know he could be the Messiah at this point. They were drawn to him. And after Jesus read that text, he said, the scripture is fulfilled today in your hearing. 
He's like, I'm the one. I'm the one who's going to show you what relationship with God is supposed to look like. And so we hear that word and relationship with God. We, we can think of lots of biblical words like salvation. God calls us into relationship with him. We need our, our you know, kind of self-centered ways to be taken care of, our sin to be accounted for. God's calling us into relationship. And so Jesus shared these words, and he said them over and over again, if you read the Gospels. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He said, repent, I'm bringing the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? I mean, repent, typically, when we hear the word repent, that's kind of a nasty word, right? Have you ever been downtown or been at some location and you've seen a a street preacher telling you with the finger that you need to repent because you're a terrible person, you're a horrible person, you need to have a relationship with God? Now, part of that's true. We all need to have a relationship with God. But do any of us receive, you know, that judgmental spirit? Do we like to be yelled at? Do we like angry people to tell us that we got to get right with God? You can answer me. No. I don't like it. You don't like it. So is that what Jesus was getting at? I don't think so because he said it with authority and there was a force to Jesus' words, but the crowds were coming around him. Remember, there was something special about Jesus. And as he spoke, repent for God's kingdom, God's way. It's available. It's come. You got to get into it. You have to receive it. So what did he mean by repent? Well, I think when we look at that word through the Old Testament, repentance is a significant word because the whole process in the Old Testament was people were um, you know, called through the temple, through the sacrifices, back into a relationship with God. Their, their sins were accounted for through that system. And yet, the law and that system were never enough to make people right with God. God had a better way. And so repentance, when you hear that word, the the Hebrew background means that people were actually called to turn or to return to God. So all throughout the Old Testament, repentance is used that way. Return, come back to God. Remember what you were made for. God has a purpose for you. You are not only to receive blessing, to receive grace, you are to be ambassadors, sharing grace with other people. And so it's supposed to be a heart move, a heart turn. That's for us too. Our hearts, we're we're called to kind of bow before God and to turn our hearts back to him. And then in the Greek, there's the word called metanoia, and it's it's a cool sounding word, but what it basically means is a changed mind. So God calls us to a changed heart and a changed mind. And that means for us that we're going to say, hey, God, I recognize my need for you. I can't be the ruler of my life. I need your help. 
I realize I've made lots of mistakes. I realize I've turned from you many times. But I need to turn and I need a new mindset to follow your way. And Jesus was saying, I'm here to show you that way. That's why we hear that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes back to the Father except through Jesus. So that's his, that's his teaching. That's kind of the core of his teaching and for all of us today. We're called to return. And some of us, I mean, we may still be kind of struggling through the, the significance of our, our faith and what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And Jesus says, come, come with me and I'll show you the way. And for us who've been following Christ, it's a daily response that he calls us to. To return, to follow, to put our mind on what he's about. So here's this text from Romans chapter 12. And I think it's a great picture of what it looks like for us to be a people that is constantly turning back to focus on what Jesus is about. Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living as a living sacrifice to God. Offer your life as a sacrifice to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is or his way is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Anybody feel like you need a little transformation today? I do. I do. Paul got it, he experienced it, and he lived it on a daily basis. And so when we think of Jesus' message of repentance, it's not a one-time thing. Is that all right? See if I can move around. Maybe I fixed it. Maybe not. It's not a one-time thing. It's a daily thing where we're called to turn, to listen. Okay. I thought you guys had all these problems fixed. <laughs> Lots of memories flooding through my mind. <laughs> so God calls us into this daily process of faith. Right? If we want to be a people who receives blessing, we've got to be willing to follow the one who gives it. And he gives us blessing for a reason because he wants us to be sharers, receivers and sharers of the blessing. Um, And so we need need each other to do that. That's one of the reasons we're here together as a community. Um, That's one of the reasons we come together in groups or relationships during the week, right? We need encouragement. We need people to help us. Um, this past week, every Wednesday, I meet with a group of guys, and uh, there's, there's five of us. We open up the scripture together. We share what's happening in our lives. We've made a commitment to each other. That we're going to be honest and authentic about stuff. We don't hide from each other. We share you know, stuff that's going on. We pray for each other, and uh, it's really encouraging. In fact, 
like, there are three guys in this group who never been part of a group before. And they just, I mean, the first time I talked to them, they're like, hmm, I'll try it. But I'm not really a group guy, a group person. Anyway, they can't wait to come together. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's a community. It's something that, that makes us better. Anyway, so we're talking this past week. We're at a coffee shop at one of those long tables where you can have, you know, other people sit. So there are five of us. And there's actually one woman who's sitting down at the end. And we're talking, and we're pretty animated. And one of the guys is talking about his marriage and something going on with his kids. And, you know, something about how he still doesn't get his wife. And this, uh, so after we're done, we're talking and we're, you know, sharing all of our wisdom with him and what we've learned along the way. <clears throat> and this, uh, and this gal at the end, she's like, hey, um, you know, I just kind of overheard your conversation. And she said, I, I've got this book that I want to, uh, you know, offer to you. She said, you know, maybe it'll help you, maybe it won't, but it, it'll help you kind of see into a woman's world and, and so she recommended to us, and we told her we were thankful. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what does she really know about our relationships? I mean, I've been married almost 25 years. And then I thought, you know, after 25 years, I still need help, a lot of help. Anyway, we kind of, we humbled, you know, you get advice from somebody, you humble yourself to hear from others, and it's amazing what God will do. We all need that because repentance isn't a one-time thing. It's a daily thing where you and I learn to walk with God in Christ. To know that he truly is the source of blessing. And that he wants us to be sharers of the blessing. But it's hard, right? Because we, you know, you think of our 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 weekly routines, we, we work, we got family stuff going on, we've got problems to solve, we've got challenges that we don't know how to overcome, right? Life isn't easy. And so typically we think, okay, repentance, my life's not easy, I don't even want to think about repentance, I don't want to think about being a living sacrifice today, it's hard enough as it is, but That's where the beauty is, and that's where the blessing is. When you and I open our hearts to God and say, God, I need your help today. I need people to come around me and to show me the way of Jesus. Then the blessing comes, and we find out that we actually have enough to pour over to others. And so maybe our mindset, as we think of Jesus' teaching, when he said that you are called to be a blessing, to receive it, but to be a blessing to your whole community, to your world. That you can change people's lives one at a time as you share a blessing. I mean, that's a huge vision for us. And God promises to give us what we need on a daily basis. So I want to go to kind of this, uh, this teaching that Jesus gave. It was called the Sermon, the sermon on the Mountaintop or the Sermon on the Mountainside. And it's a powerful teaching because he kind of shows us what this blessing looks like. What does it mean to be a person who's blessed in relationship with God? Because it doesn't look like how our world talks about blessing, right? I mean, we typically think blessing means my team won it all, or I got the part, or 
I got the promotion or something went right in my family or my kid's doing great. Yes, those are all blessings. But God blesses us through difficult times and challenging times. And so here's what Jesus says. He says this, Matthew Matthew 5. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, who are peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now think about Jesus' teaching. He's saying, relationship with God is available through me. You need to turn, you need to remember, you need to come back today. And he said, there's blessing for you. I mean, when he talks about poor and he talks about all these different ideas, he doesn't mean that we're financially poor. He means we're spiritually poor and we understand our need. We recognize that every moment we need his presence in our lives. And Jesus is the one who shows us the way forward. Then he also says, it's, it's not enough for us to kind of wait for blessing. God, here I am. I'm having a difficult time. I need you to come and meet me and bless me. He said, I want you to go out and I want you, despite your circumstances, I want you to look for opportunities to bless other people. And when you do that, you'll realize, you'll recognize that I'm there with you and I'll give you a blessing you don't expect. So this past week, I was uh, doing a funeral and uh, you know the, the guy who died, he was a great guy, he was almost 90 years old. And, uh, and as I, you know, it's, it's a great time because you're with family, you get to hear the stories um, about somebody's life. And I'd only known him for a couple of years. Um, he was in a wheelchair. He hadn't been able to walk uh, for 20 years. And so I didn't know any of his life before that. And so I started to hear stories um, about, you know, how active he was and the things that he'd done and accomplished. Um, and yet as I thought of the conversations that I'd had with him over the last year or so, you know, he didn't talk about those years when physically he had it all and he had all these things that he was a part of and all these things that he accomplished. He talked about the blessing he had just to be able to encourage people. I mean, there wasn't much he could do anymore But he was a positive guy. And even though he was in a wheelchair and he needed help, he recognized that wherever he went, he could be an encourager to others. He could notice stuff about people and point it out to them and be a blessing. And so when we think in this kind of perspective, oftentimes we think, man, if I had a health thing where I couldn't walk again, we think that's a horrible thing. Me included. I I love to be outdoors and all that kind of stuff. But here's this guy 
who'd been very active, and yet he saw it as a blessing that he could just sit and pay attention to the people around him. I think that's our opportunity too, to kind of step back as we look at the teachings of Jesus, remembering that we can have a relationship with God through Jesus. He invites us to live in his power and his blessing on a daily basis. That's an awesome thing. But even more than that, he calls us to be his presence in the world. To be a source of blessing that pours out into other people's lives. And so I want, to think, I want you to think about, as Pastor Adam uh, encouraged you talking about Easter and the opportunities that you have with people. I mean, today, each one of us has an opportunity to be a carrier of blessing to someone else. So who could that be? Maybe it's somebody that you're just going to run into today that you'll have an opportunity to encourage or to do something nice for, to be open, to be aware. Maybe there's a person in your life, and we should all have someone in our life that, we're, that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus that we're praying for. And to think about, how can I encourage this person? How can I show them love? How can I show them grace? How can I show them that Jesus really is present in their lives? Who's that one person that you can bless? Because I'm telling you, when we look at what God's doing in the world today, it still happens one person at a time. God's intent for us is to receive blessing and then to be a blessing. To share his blessing with the world. To make known to people that God is still at work. That God cares. And that God is still in the transformation process in our world. And you're right at the center of it. So pray with me as we look for opportunities today. Lord, we are uh, we're grateful Jesus, that you came into our world, you had a, a mission and a, and a focus in your teaching. And we're going to hear in the weeks ahead more about your ministry and what you accomplished, but this morning, to remember at the heart of your teaching is that you have called us to receive grace and blessing and to share it. God, you call each one of us in our relationships, in our hobbies, in our neighborhoods, to be your presence, to be a source of encouragement and blessing and grace. So God, I pray for my, my friends that you've shown the way today. You give them eyes to see. And that because of their faith, because of their grace, people be drawn to you. And we pray this in Christ. Amen.